The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. I hope you're going to have a good day listening. It's, uh, today is Monday, the 29th of January of 2024. So if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 8772072276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. All right. And uh, you can also just email me at info at carm.org. Info at carm.org and that's also very useful to do so uh, you can do that and um, just put in the subject line uh, let's see uh, radio question or radio comment sometimes I just forget you know and say it all the time so uh, there you go all right so I want to hear from you give me a call okay and uh, a little bit of a problem and it looks like in rumble I guess I did something wrong setting it up so uh, I'll just take a look at it here in a little bit. But I want to hear from you. All right, we've got a caller coming in. And again, all you got to do is just uh, email us at info at carm.org. In the subject line, put radio question or radio comment. And that should be good enough. Hopefully that will take care of everything. All right, good stuff, good stuff. All right. Uh, oh, it is working good. All right. Well, there we go. And we're also live on Clubhouse. So you just go to the Clubhouse, look up my name, Matt Slick, and you'll find stuff there. And Joanne kind of runs that. She does a good job in there. And uh, I think that's about it. Um, okay. Well, good. All right. Well, hey, we've got a caller coming in, but I'm not sure what the status is. So I'm going to get to some of the emails and stuff like that. Hope you guys all had a good weekend. But let's just say mine was hectic. And uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Looking at some of the stuff for radio. For the five, uh, I'd love to. Oh, Jaden will be five years old in April, and love to hear his name on the radio. <laughs> we love your show and appreciate all that you've done for benefit equipping the saints. Have a blessed week. Well, there you go. Hope that was good, Jaden. That reminds me. Years ago, I uh, was in the store, and uh, someone recognized my voice. I was talking to somebody, because I had a radio show here in, in uh, Boise, Idaho area for, I don't know, 15 years. And um, so this guy goes, hey, you're, you're the guy on the radio. Yeah, yeah, we got talking, and he was telling me how his kids loved the show. I, really? Well, how old are they? You know, 12, 14, 15, that range. And um, 10, 12, something like that. And there were three boys, I think it was three boys. And so I said, well, tell you what, give me their names, and then tomorrow on the show, I'll mention their names over the air. But I want you to email me, just give me, the, tell me their reactions. He said, deal. So uh, the next day, I mentioned all their names, and <laughs> the father, uh, he emailed me and said, they, <laughs> they, they were in the car, that's why they were listening. And they all stopped and stared at each other, stopped breathing, were staring at each other back at the radio, back at the tent. And then they started yelling, and they loved it. So it was a good thing. I love that. That kind of thing is fun for me. So uh, I enjoyed that. All right, there you go. Hey, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call, okay? 
and um, and that'll work. All right, let's get to Eric from Ohio. Eric, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Good to hear from you. I love your show. Uh, you're very you. informative. Well, good. I truly enjoy hearing you. I um I got a question today about baptism. Um, okay. A good friend and I were 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 talking about it today. He's actually telling me that you know he, you know he's a he's a very strong believer. Um, you know his his children or or his girls are all saved. I wouldn't call them children, but uh, two of them are teenagers, and one is uh, in her twenties. And we're we're discussing baptism, and um, he wants to do it himself. And you know, back they got a pond at their place, and you know, I, I kind of when I talked to him about it, I says, you know, you've been raising your kids in a specific church, the church they've they've went there their whole lives, and I said, you know, that you'd kind of be robbing the congregation because you know that's that's one thing that that builds up the church. This is my belief, and I, and I, I don't know how accurate I am, but it, I guess it, I feel like the congregation would be robbed from that. And then he, wow. he kind of come at me with some scripture and he says, well, you know, the eunuch was, uh, was just baptized by himself. And I says, I says, that's, that's right. That's right. I said, but it is, it's, it's a very, I think it's a very powerful thing that a congregation can experience something like that. But I just, I wanted to hear your take on it. What you think? Well, there's nothing in the Bible that says it has to be done by elders or in a church context. If you go to the Bible, they were baptized all over the place and different settings. So if he wants to do it, that's fine. There's no problem there. I think you make a, a good point that uh, the congregation might like being involved. They might like that. Well, uh, maybe he could baptize the children in front of the church or go to the pond and invite people from the church to, to there so that they want to do that. But if he wants to baptize them, yeah, that's fine. If I were the pastor of the church and he said he wants to baptize them, I'd say, great, how do you want to do it? I had no problem. You know, I would say that and say, well, do it here at the church for people to watch and participate, or do you want to do it at, you know, at your pond? Hey, whatever you want to do. We'll do it privately. That's up to you, too. And uh, I just leave it up to the Father. I see. Okay. I see. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of conclusion that, that we, we come up to. But, you know, I'm a... Um, I belong to a Baptist church, and I I know uh, for me and the members where we're at, um, we that's something that we truly enjoy. That uh, we love seeing that happen, and you know, it just makes us feel better that you know we took part yeah. in that, we helped with that. So, yeah, well, right. ask him if he can come there to when he does it. You know, yeah, I will do that. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And say, hey, you know, you could just the whole church loves it, and you know, see what he says, you know. And um, it's a good point that you raised. You know, it's it is kind of a community thing, but nothing in Scripture that I'm aware of necessitates that it be done in, in the body of, the, of Christ in a church gathering. So I'm, no, I'm just saying, no. you know, nothing says it has to be, and nothing says it has to be clergy. You know, yeah. so. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I would just say, hey, can we join you? <laughs> or do you want to do it for the church? And just go with whatever, and that's fine. And, and uh, I wouldn't have any problem with that either way. You know, yeah. well, you're baptized. I, I, 
I am. I appreciate your input. Thank you, sir. Well, sure, sure. That's a but that's a good point, though. I've never really thought about it that way. You're robbing the church from that. Now it's not a robbery, but I know what you meant, and uh, that's a yeah. good point. I mean, you know? like the, yeah. I um, like I I think he's uh, he brought up that his daughters are really shy, and I said, uh, well, you know, and, I, and then on the other side of that too is, um, you know, it's it's an open confession of faith. You know, you yeah. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Have have you heard me talk about federal headship before? You know what that is? Uh, No, no. Okay, so let me introduce a little bit of doctrine here. Federal headship is the teaching, the biblical teaching, that the male, not the female, represents the descendants. So Adam and Eve are in in the garden. She sinned first, then Adam sinned. But sin entered the world through Adam, not Eve. And then you go to Hebrews 7, 7 through 10, where Levi paid tithes till Melchizedek while in the loins of his father, Abraham. Uh, we can go to 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty two. in Adam all die. The idea of federal headship is that the father is the head of the family. That's biblical stuff. Biblical stuff. We have no problem. You know, We know that from Ephesians 5. He's the head of the, of the family. All right. So if the father understands that he uh, he understands the truth of who the gospel of Christ is the gospel and he recognizes his position as the head of the family even as a pastor unless he was completely unbiblical but I, even as a pastor I would say if that's what you want to do I'm behind you because he represents his family he's the authority in his family and he's not doing anything unbiblical and if he said he would prefer to get bab- to baptize the daughters out of the pond on their property, for example, I'd say, fine. Would you like anyone else there? Is anybody else can can go just to be a witness? And if you said, well, no, you know, I'd talk to him about it. Well, why is it? Well, they're super shy. Well, how about a threat of distance? You know, you know, and not insisting. But if you said, no, I really don't want to do that, I would leave it at that point because it's the father's call at that point. Because the father knows their children better. And he might come back later and say, you know, I wish we'd have had people there. Who knows? And that's okay, but it's not sinful. So, the the doctrine of federal headship. I was remember I went to a church once up in or when I was in San Diego, lived there, and would fly up to the Bay Area and go out to Santa Cruz, and it was a church, and they'd have me preach every few months. And one of the things I liked that they did was every service they had communion, and the front had pews. The front pews were always empty. The front on the left and right were just there was nobody there. Then during the service, when they had communion at the end of the service, the people would walk up. They had an order of how they'd do it in the rear to the front or whatever it was. And the father would walk up with the family, and then the elders would have hold the, take the communion and give it to the father who would then distribute it to the family, which I loved because it's recognizing the headship of the father, and he takes it more seriously too. And if their father wasn't present, the elder would step in and, and just hand it to the to the mom or the wife and do it that way. And I thought that was a wonderful procedure. And so the idea of federal headship uh, in the family is something that's that's true and needs to be focused on a little bit more in churches today because uh, it's needed. Okay? Uh, yes, it Interesting is. Interesting stuff? Very much. Yes, yes. Hey, thank you, Matt. You're welcome. All right, Eric. All right. Well, God bless, God man. bless you. Okay. All right.
So if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. This doctrine of federal headship is really important. Um, So we have no callers. I'll just teach on it a little bit, okay? It's not something that's taught in churches very much. And it is something that I believe pastors should mention from the pulpit, mention the term, periodically like they would Trinity or justification or end times or sanctification. Federal headship should be one of the terms that they they use throughout the course of their preaching to teach biblical theology. One of the advantages of teaching male headship is that it puts the responsibility of the family on the husband and think about this when Adam and Eve were in the garden she sinned first she gave the fruit to Adam they both hid themselves the pre-incarnate Christ came and said to the man where are you the point is that he addressed Adam first so think of the husband of the family as the captain of the ship if it goes down he's responsible so the captain of the ship is the the head, and so in this case we're talking we're talking federal headship. This is important because husbands, fathers, need to understand that they are the heads of their family, whether they like it or not. The Christian believers, of course, and that the wives should be in submission to that headship. That doesn't mean they're slaves. Man, we get back to the break. I'll explain a little bit more about this, why this is important because it is important. Biblical theology always is important. We'll be right back after these messages. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 8772072276. All right, so I was talking about federal headship, and it relates to marriage as well. And so women need to understand the position of their husband. Now, we're going to talk about, or I'll talk about, excuse me, the, uh, the normal Christian relationship, because that's how it's supposed to, that's where we start. And where the husband is the head of the wife, and that's Ephesians 5.23. That's what it says. He's the head of the wife. As Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. So, this is federal headship. Christ is the head of the church. The husband is the head of the wife. It does not mean she's inferior. It means that he is in the position of spiritual authority over her. It, does, again, does not mean that she to submit to sinful things that he wants. So I, uh, I went to the Philippines uh, a few years ago and went with uh, a pastor and an elder of a local church. And, uh, and so the elder, he's a, he's a good guy. And I was over his house once. And I, I'll never forget this. He, he and his wife, they have several children, lots of children. And she stayed home and took care of the kids and homeschooled and, you know, did all that stuff. And so 
we were talking, she and I were talking one day because he was looking for work and he had a job and then he got let go. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just one of those things that, that happens. And uh, so, I, you know, and they had all these children and a lot of bills coming in and, you know, as things are often are in families, could be quite tight. And I said to her, well, are you worried? And she said, no, not at all. I said, why not? She said, it's not my responsibility, it's his. And God will provide through him. And she talked about her husband. She said, so I don't. I just take care of my end. He'll take care of his. And I never forgot that. I never forgot that at all. And so uh, that's a good example of a, of a wife, so to speak, knowing her place in a marriage. Now, when I say that kind of a thing, a lot of times there's a negative reaction because of connotations that go with it. Well, this is because of the wickedness of the world. But biblically speaking, women have their place, men have their place. See, if we're to say a man has his place in a family, well, okay, a woman has her place in the family. Well, you can't say that because this feminism and the idiocy associated with so much of it is, it just tainted so many expressions and, and thinking. It's unfortunate. So nevertheless, um, and, you know, if both are working, if both have the, there's, you know, there's all these variables. We could talk about those. I could do a seminar on it. But the thing is, um, that's what it is, federal headship. It's really important, and it exists in the church. And people should be uh, aware of it, and pastors should teach on it. And if they don't want to teach on it because it might offend the ladies, well, then they shouldn't be pastors, okay? Because if the ladies get offended by it, then it means that they are obligated to um, submit to the Word of God and don't like something in the Word of God. And uh, that's just how it should be. You know me. I just say, this is what it says. So what you need to do is believe what it says. And if you're not in comfortable with it, uh, that's, uh, that, that's between you and God. But you need to deal with what it says. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christian men, preachers, and teachers. Let's get to D Devon or Devon Devon from Nampa. Oh, wow. Right here in Nampa. Welcome. You're on the air. What's up, Matt? How are you doing? Doing all right. Hanging in there, man. What do you got, buddy? It's good. Um, so I was just going to call you with just a random question about Scripture, I guess, and things like that. Um, I don't know if I ever called you about this or not, but I figured I'd, I'd ask you. Um, so mm -hmm. when Judas died, because um, like, he hung himself, um, did, he, did he go to hell for betraying Jesus? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it'd be better for him to not have been born. Jesus said, "Yeah, mm. mm -hmm. yeah, that's tough." Yeah, I was just curious because it's something I never really hear about as much. So I figured I'd just ask you, and you know, because I, I was like, "Well, you know, I mean, could he have been forgiven by by Jesus? You know, type thing. You know, if, well, if he yeah. had have been, you know, type thing." If, yeah, it's possible that he could have been. Uh, it, but I mean possible as in the sense logically, yes, if he'd repented and confessed to Christ, I'm sure he'd been forgiven. But Jesus says it's better that that man you know, had not even been born. So uh, that's uh, that, that means he was, he's in a bad place. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, that's all I just wanted to ask. So thank you, sir. Sure, no problem, man. God bless. Okay. All right. You too, man. Oh. Bye. All right. 
All right. Hey, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right. We don't have anybody waiting right now. And we can get to, or I can get to, some of the uh, the questions that have come in. All right. I think I'll do that. Mr. Slick, some, this is by email, okay? Some of my friends and family are ardent dispensationalists, yet I love them still. <laughs> And I, of course, of course, your mantra is there must be a pre-trib rapture because a God would allow people to go through tribulation. First of all, that is just not true. And for them to say that is 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 ignorant. Uh, sorry, but it is because all they got to do is pick up the Fox's Book of Martyrs and you will see that Christians throughout the centuries have been murdered, tortured, drawn and quartered, skinned alive, burned alive, starved to death. It has happened. They've been beaten. They've been tortured. Uh you know they've been boiled it just goes on and on and people say uh it, your preacher rapture is true because he wouldn't let his people go through tribulation that's just not true absolutely it is not true nero persecuted the people of of uh, the christians and the jews in the first century and people fled all over the country he wouldn't let them go through i'm sorry but people who say that are are woefully ignorant of the truth and this is point b God must take the church pre-trib in order to deal with Israel. No, that's not true either, because they're assuming that Israel has to be done with in certain ways. <sighs> yeah, it doesn't necessitate that. Uh, B is a total head-scratcher. I've apparently labeled under the misconception that the Lord can do whatever he pleases. <laughs> yeah, the dispies, uh, dispensationalists, when they hold those kind of views... Um, to me, it's just an example of of the lack of study in, in history and in theology. And what they're doing is uh, just affirming what they've been taught. And I love talking to dispensationalists. I, I ask them questions that are tough and um, and stuff. But that's you know, it, it doesn't mean they're not saved at all. Okay, but I would just uh, yeah, I, I could put a rest of that. I'd in fact. If that person's listening who emailed me, uh, I'd be willing to uh, do a little phone call into a Bible study and they put me on speakerphone. Let's go. Let's answer questions. And we could talk about it. All right. There we go. Hey, let's get on the phone with uh, Valiant in Indiana. Welcome. You're on the air. Hey, man. I you had a question. Um, came up in sure. Sunday School Sunday um, about okay. just about the role, I guess, what was the role of the Holy Spirit in people before, um, like Pentecost? Was it was it indwelling believers or not? Well, we got a break, so hold up, and we'll talk about that when we get back because there are different views. All right, and we'll talk about it. Okay, hey folks, if you want to give me a call, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, well, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get back on the, on the air here with Valiant. Are you still there? Yep. Okay. So basically, you want to know the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Yeah, and... And also, and like while Jesus was in ministry, you know, and his disciples. Well, there's debate on whether or not the Holy Spirit was permanently indwelling. I think it's in Psalm, 
Oh, where's the 5511? Let's see if I can remember that's if that's correct. Correct. Uh, let's see. No, that's not it. So there's a psalm where uh, you know David says, "Do not take your Holy Spirit from me." And uh, so some think, well, that means that he could be removed. That's uh, Psalm 51:11. Sorry. And so uh, it, it, there's just a lot of debate about this. All right. So let me just say that we don't know exactly, definitively, all the things. New Testament gives us a lot more theology, but it does certainly seem in the Old Testament we see the works of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit broods over the the earth, was hovering over it, and the Holy Spirit speaks in the Old Testament, and uh, he makes people. Uh, he can be grieved. Uh, he strives with people. Uh, so. We see the activity of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament quite a bit. All right, good. So can he be removed? Well, Psalm 51, 11, do not cast make me your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Does that mean he was indwelt by the Holy Spirit or does it mean that, that the Holy Spirit was upon him and that he didn't want to lose the anointing? Uh, some people say that the Holy Spirit couldn't live in someone in the Old Testament the way he does in the New because we're the temple of God and we've been cleansed by the blood of Christ where back then they weren't. They hadn't been cleansed cleansed by the blood of Christ yet, so they weren't indwelt, some say, that they were, uh, that the Holy Spirit was upon them and anointed them. But then others might say, well, yeah, but you see, they're justified by faith, ultimately the Messiah, so they'd be, you know, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So you see, there's just a lot of debates, a lot of discussions about it. So I can't be real definitive on it and tell you this is exactly what it was, what, how the Holy Spirit was working. But I can give you the instances of his work in the Old Testament and say from there we can draw certain conclusions you know like the uh, Holy Spirit was uh, you know striving and grieving and working with people and stuff like that and he enlightens he does all kinds of stuff okay that can help a little yeah I think so and like like you said even in the Old Testament people were saved by faith in uh, you know in the Messiah mm-hmm. and God's promises so even that that still would have been the Holy Spirit working in people to help them believe right yeah and then uh here's a verse in exodus 3 1 3 i have filled him with the spirit of god and wisdom so they can be filled so he's like oof, you know there's just a lot there a lot there mm-hmm. so do you know i don't have all the, the answers i mean oh, you know i'm sorry different views on this might be called or if i want to i'm sorry kind of deeper I would go to, um, let's see, what I would do is go to blueletterbible.com, blueletterbible.com, and look up the phrase, just look up, look up the word spirit, okay? This is the kind of thing that I do, and I, 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 won't, I don't use the King James, it defaults to the King James, I use the NASB. And then take the word, and you click it, and it will show you and for example, 570 occurrences. Well, what you can do is look through the pages and look for a capital spirit, the capital S. And so you can scan through pretty quickly, and you can see, you know, the Lord came down and the cloud spoke to him, and he took, he took of the spirit who was upon him and placed him on the elders. And when the spirit rested upon him, they prophesied. So there's, you could go through and you could see what God has said and revealed to the prophets about the spirit's work. Okay. Yeah. That'll, that'll it, help. it takes work, though. That's what it does. But that's what you do. All right. Well, hey, thanks, man. All right, man. Well, God bless, buddy. Okay. Yep. All Thank right. You. Okay. 
And uh, sometimes people want quicker answers and easier answers, and I say to them, well, sometimes <laughs> you just have to go through it. So what I could do is actually, uh, this is what I'll do sometimes, because actually I'm intrigued by his question. What I could do is actually export all of that. And to me, I, I know Excel really well. So I could uh, export it to Excel, and then I would go through and do a, a search and find thing and then remove all this. I do all kinds of stuff. And then, then it narrows the field down. So instead of having to go through 500 verses, I mainly have to go through 200 or 300, you know, something like that. So uh, that's what I'll do. And then I look at and, and I categorize the what I find. I did, it is simple, you know, the Holy Spirit comes upon, I put a category, comes upon a person, the number's, you know, 11, and uh, or, uh, and just go into it like that, and just categorize and see what it says, and then summarize it, people ask me, so what's the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Well, I'm glad you asked, here, here's the answer, and then go through, and say, I wrote an article on this, did all the research, so that's the kind of thing, so I'm actually intrigued, and I wish I could get to it, but I'm so swamped with other things right now, can't seem to get to stuff very well so anyway let's get to let's see paul from philly paul welcome you're on the air hey matt how you doing brother oh, i'm doing Hello? okay yeah doing okay what's up man what do you got hey uh i said it was more of a more of a um, frustration uh and see what your thoughts are on this um uh, i'm a mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a pastor in a in a motorcycle ministry um okay. one piece patch and you know, we witness to everybody. We tell everybody about Christ and everything, and motorcycle without the motorcycle. We wherever whoever has an ear to hear, uh, that's who we talk to. So that's kind of like what a motorcycle ministry does. Versus a motorcycle club, it's more self-serving. You're there for just your own self purposes. So I was, you know. Um, it's just uh, it's just frustrating because there's a lot of guys who want to stay there. They're in a motorcycle ministry, and these ministries go to uh, the local outlaw club to get permission to exist. And I'm like, why are you doing that? We got permission from Christ. Why are you going to Satan? They ask permission from Satan to go into his realm and <laughs> and and exist to preach the gospel. We you shouldn't be doing that. And it was just a uh, I, I've been getting a lot of pushback from Christians about that. I'm like, listen, read your scripture. Uh, show me one part in scripture where anyone went to the local magistrates and this and this and this to get permission to speak about the gospel. Right. And it, it, it was just driving me crazy. And then I just want to, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, you know, if there's any... I just want to see your thoughts on that there. And uh, if there's anybody in the motorcycle world that listens to you, um, maybe they would, it would be a nice little tidbit. Well, um, that's an interesting thing because I don't know how that works. Now, governmentally speaking, we are to submit to the government. And we are to... You know, if we need a, a permit, we do a permit and things like that. So if I was doing a permit thing to preach the gospel in a park and you, you had to get a permit to do public speaking, I'd say, fine, no problem, I'll go do it. And we'd have a problem. A motorcycle gang, gang, <laughs> a club, 
uh, is this a bad group, as in Hell's Angels? Or yeah, or you gotta go just... to uh, you, you, you gotta go to the local outlaw club, Hell's Angels, Pagans, okay. Mongols, whoever be, and uh, if you want to become a club, and uh, if you don't get their permission, then there's a lot of retribution. Like our motorcycle ministry, we we we're five hundred one c three. We 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 think we're a one piece patch. We don't claim territory except the Holy Spirit. And uh, they view us as a not a threat because we're not in competition okay. with them. We're not doing any. Right, gotcha. we're, we're not claiming physical territory. And uh, well, I'm thinking that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm yeah. trying to get the, across to these guys because they're few. They, a lot of people are. Well, I've been running into. They're afraid of uh, backlash, like being persecuted. I'm like Jesus told us we would be persecuted. Don't be afraid. Well, here's the Yes, let's let's talk about this a little bit because I don't know the right answer, but I do remember something. I had a job back in uh, San Diego working with uh, a, a certain company, and the lead was an ex biker member, and I mean tattoos, missing front tooth. Uh, he wouldn't tell me some of the stuff he'd done, and he has friends in Hell's Angels and some other groups. So this was a serious guy. And he re saw people get killed, and he said, nope, he's, he's done with that. He's got a family. He's got, you know. And so he stepped out of it, and I didn't ask him any details beyond that. But this was, he taught me something, or he exposed something about himself. He was a man of honor. Within their club standard, whatever it is, you tell the truth, and you face you face them up man to man. You just face them. So, okay. Oh, yeah, they don't like, uh, they, yeah, they don't like uh, people who are two-faced. Right, and, and I was going to say, it's, well, we've got a break coming up, so let me, I was, I was preambling with that, and I have an idea, and, uh, and we'll see. Okay, so hold on. Okay, we'll be right back, folks, after these messages. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, it's 877-207-2276. Paul from Philly, you still there? Yes, I am. All right. Yes, so I the am. The Bible says, if it possible, be at peace with all men. If these guys yeah. claim a certain territory and you want to be a a motorcycle club within that territory and you don't want them to kill anybody to do stuff because I know how bad they can be uh, I would suggest uh, contacting them and it's not an issue well, of their being permission. a club yeah being a club and a, a club that's one thing a ministry is another thing it's basically a ministry is a church so you're going to no it's not sorry I'm a <clears> ministry Carms <throat> a ministry it's not a church so, um, here, but let me let me kind of tell what I was going to say is that uh, having you know learned a lot from my boss who was an ex biker, the issue of, of being a man and facing things is big among the motorcycle community. So, what would happen if you went to them and said, uh, "We want just to let you know that we want to be uh, a, a motorcycle group." It preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone, you included. 
and you have the opportunity to talk to them. And you say, we would love to be able to talk to you about uh, the Lord Jesus and what he has. And we just want to let you know that we want to go about doing that. And if they say, well, sorry, we won't let you do that, then then you got a problem. Okay, and you say, well, we don't listen to you, we listen to God. But, you know, at first, be at peace with all men as much as possible. See what you can do as far as that goes. That makes sense? That well, on that one respect, it makes sense. But the pro, uh, I don't know if you're aware that once you get their permission, you become a support club of them. Really? So you're a supporter what does that of mean? them. What does it mean, a support club? That you're affiliated with them. That they that they claim dominance over you. Oh, you fall under their umbrella. Okay, that's so. It, okay, so well, okay. And, and what that's I'm saying is, like a ministry is a one piece patch versus a club is a three-piece patch. And the ministry, mm-hmm. most ministries stem from a church. Um, and, the min- and, and and when I say it's a church, the ministry being a church, you're doing the ministry work of the Lord. And you don't want any, you, you don't want any representation of Satan having control over that ministry. Right. Absolutely correct. You don't. So, okay, so I'm not familiar with all the biker stuff at all. Um, so, you know, you're telling me, but yeah, that's a problem. You can't go to them and ask permission uh, as if you're supporting them and they're over you and they give you instruction. That's not going to work. Can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, we, we, I mean, they pretty much look at us like, uh, like we're harmless and we're, uh, where I'm at. And, you know, one of our guys was approached and, um, uh, they said, what are you going to do if we take your patch? And the, the best response was, if you want it, you can have it, but there's, here's a Bible, too. And they looked at them, and they just walked away. Okay. And See, that, that can earn their respect. That can earn that respect, yeah. and they'll give you leeway. Yeah. But yeah. It's, I just find a lot of people, uh, and they're afraid of pushback. And I tell them, listen, don't be afraid. If God, if God qualifies you, you don't need permission from men to certify that qualification from God because God already told you to do it. If God didn't tell you to do it, then you have a problem. That's right. I agree. So if God's calling him to do it. I just it, want to. Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah, want I, to, I, I I hear you. see if and, I was on the right track. I, I mean, I was going, I, I, and I see, I mean, no one wants to purposely go out there and do this and this and this and this and uh, and I told the guys, I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying go out there and disrespect people. That's not what I'm saying. And I just wanted to see if I was on the right track with like, like picking yeah, your brain. You yeah, I think you are. Okay. Yeah, with more information. Yeah, I, I absolutely think you are. So, uh, yeah, keep doing what you got to do, and uh, and and slowly go through it. You know, I remember I, I did prison ministry for nine years, and I was uh, in a certain prison. I don't want to give any information out. But I was in a certain prison, right. and out in the yard, we went out in the yard, and we sat with the uh, the prisoners out in the yard when they had their time, and there was an oval track, and then the, the the whites sat over there, the Mexicans over there, the Asians over here, the blacks over there. It was done by color. And uh, then you had different other groups, American Indians and things like that. But they would all mix carefully in the oval by doing their, their walk time. And there was this one small he happened to be a white guy, came up to me and was talking to me. And he was telling me that in there, that prison, you don't mix with people who are not of your kind. 
You can get in trouble with that. You got to stay with your group. What he chose to do was go to each group and tell each one about Jesus. And everybody put up with him. I never forgot that. I said, how long have you been doing this? He says, two years. I said, really? (laughs) That's awesome. Don't hurt you. He goes, yeah. And I just never forgot that, you know. And so they didn't see him as a threat. They had the rules, but they understood he was somebody different. And he, he earned their respect by standing up without, you know, confronting them. He just would preach the gospel, and they 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 respected that, and so that's what he did. He was he became kind of a liaison between groups too. So it's interesting. Yeah. All right. So, well, listen, I appreciate you. I appreciate your ministry. You guys are you guys do well, and uh, you equip the saints uh, with uh, good information to go out and uh, preach the word and to defend the faith and uh, keep it up. That's what we're trying to do. And you too, man. Keep it up. Let me know what happens. Call back in a few weeks, a month or two, whatever it is, and say, yeah, this is what happened. Be interested. Okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, motorcycle season's coming up here. Uh, it's We'll be going out this Saturday. It's uh, going to be 40 degrees. So wow. go for a little scoot and because uh, it's okay. still cold. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, All right. That's if anybody comes out. But, um, okay. yeah, I'll, uh, I'll keep you up to date. Okay. Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot. Stay blessed. You too. All right. All right. It was Paul. That was interesting. Interesting. Let's get to Alex from Orlando. Alex, welcome. You're on the air. I disagree with everything that guy just said. That was nice about you. <laughs> you mean the good stuff you disagree with. That's true. I, I can see why I disagree you with that. all the good. Does he know you? Does he know you? I guess not. Apparently not. You know, <laughs> that's true. That's right. So what do you got? Oh, man? What's up, buddy? Yeah, so I went to do some preaching over at the campus today, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting an hour-long discussion with the Muslim guy. Uh, Muslim guy, like they have a campus outreach for Muslims at the booth. That yeah. He has like a booth there. And, man, I got to learn more about Islam. Um, I know you do. You're thought. incredibly ignorant. I mean, it's amazing anybody put up with you, but yeah. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I'm disagreeing with you, you know? I mean, you, you get it right sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I deal with so much of the cults, not a lot of Islam. So, um, okay. But he gave me a Quran to study, which is good, so I can learn a little more. Yeah, sure. Um, but so he kind of caught me flat. But I know you've gone over it a thousand times, but I just mm-hmm. blanked on it when we we're talking about the Trinity and how God is uh, co-equal with the Father is mm-hmm. co-equal with the Son. He went to mm-hmm. John, uh, what is it, fourteen twenty-eight? Mm-hmm. Father's greater than I. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How do you refute that? You don't. You don't refute well, so he word. said. He said. Well, <clears throat> well, yeah. He said. He's like. Well, look. It says the Father is greater than I. How are they co-eternal? What do you do when uh, someone says that to you? Well, Jesus was made under the law. Galatians four four. For a little while lower than the angels. Hebrews two nine. Therefore, he was subject to the law. And he had to fulfill that law. And the Father was in a greater position than he was because Jesus, who's God in flesh, became one of us in order to die for our sins. So in that sense, the Father was greater than him in position. Just like you could say to the Muslim, just like you're in a greater position of authority in your family with your wife. Doesn't mean she's inferior to you, does it? Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. I, 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 was, I was saying, you know, yeah, Jesus was... Um, 
I said he was, on, yeah, he was 100% man, 100% God. He was on this earth to fulfill the Father's you will. Say, and I was you don't going want to say 100%. Little, you don't, no, no, no. You don't want to say 100% God and 100% man. That's 200%. How can you have that? That doesn't make any sense. So what do you say? He has two distinct natures, a divine nature and a human nature. And I'll say, look, is the Quran the word of God according to you, the Muslim? Is the Quran the word of God in a physical form? Yes. Jesus is the word of God in a physical form. Oh, that's good. And so you say two distinct natures. You don't do the 100% God, 100% man thing? Okay. You don't say 100% and 100%. That's 200%. You have two okay. 100%. How do you have that? So so the the uh, bag has 100% apples, and it also has 100% oranges. It makes no sense. Okay? <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So you want to just say, um, you want to say, uh, let's do that. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do that. Where was so I getting that 100% say, thing from? I, I got that from someone. Some Some people were saying that. Have you heard that before? Yeah, they should not say that. They should not say that. Okay. okay. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah, wrong. Okay. It's like, you know, the yeah. Trinity's like an apple. There's this skin, there's the cord. And it's, no, don't do that, you know. it's okay. There's a all lot right. of bad stuff out there, you know. And it's all up to you. Jesus just is begging for you to let him into your heart. It's up to you, you know. And there's a lot of bad theology yeah. out there. So, uh, that, so there's this website called Karm. It has all kinds of answers to stuff like this. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. You should check it out. Well, if the search if the search was a little bit better, maybe I'd use it more. It is getting better. We've worked on it. It's been worked on. So, okay, yeah. okay, good. I'm glad uh, that's confirmed. It is kind of bad, though. But yeah, um, that's what's going on. So um, that's that's what I would do. I would just I would. You know, you got to learn about the hypostatic union, the communicatio idiomatum, and the inseparable operations as it relates to the incarnation being under the law. You, once you get that down, so, then all those kind of questions mm -hmm. are, are easy peasy. Okay. Yeah, I'm studying that more out because, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but what, what if they say, well, how does something have two natures? What do you say to that? So, I don't know how. That's what the Bible says. Okay. And and how yeah. can the Quran have two distinct aspects to it, physical and spiritual? How can you as a man be spiritual and physical? You have two aspects to you, right? Well, we're just saying the same kind of thing, except God became one of us. Just as you say the word of Allah, his truth, became, you know, in a book. Okay. Yeah, you know what? This was this was funny. No, that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the hundred percent thing. I've been using that for yeah, the last couple it. years. It's that's stupid. true. Drop it. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, do you know what he said? He said Muhammad did a miracle. He said Muhammad split the moon in half. Yeah. Uh huh. He split the moon in half. <laughs> I never heard that before. I was laughing. Oh yeah, yeah. So in, in the hadith, and. Uh, and just say, how reliable is the hadith there? And then uh, you say, can you show it to me in the Quran? Is the hadith inspired? No. Show it to me in the Quran, please. You split the moon in half. But, but, yeah, there's a lot of uh, basic, imbecilic stuff. Yeah. Huh? I'm sorry? But yeah. Basic physics. How, if you split the moon in half, the world's gone, is it not? Well, it's like saying the earth or the sun stopped. They could say the same kind of a thing. It, the issue is, yeah. well, what, what really happened? That's what you want to get into. And show, just say, okay. show it to me in the Quran, 
Okay. Definitely okay, go to, right? back to the Quran. Okay, that's good. All right, thanks, brother. The Quran. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Okay, yeah. God bless. All right, bye. All right. That was uh, Alex. As you guys gathered, we're friends. Hey, if you want to call me, you got to wait till tomorrow. May you have a good evening. Talk to you then. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network. <laughs>